Hello, welcome back to Mr. Arsenal Podcast, another weekly podcast where we go over the weekend's most recent match and all things Arsenal. Um, I'm literally running around like a headless chicken, so it's all my football, like no one else's. I'm now currently getting a t-shirt on, so yes, I don't get double by YouTube. Um, but as you can see already, I am joined by Sam and Melvin tonight for this week's podcast. How are you doing, guys? Well, thanks. Is it Ryan? I can't see. Is it Ryan? <laughs> Get your clothes on. Get your clothes on. Yeah, please. Hi, Sam. You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks. How you doing, Mel? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Oh, dear. Well, and Bob Junk. There you go. Aha. Uh -huh. There he is. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, big week, big game this week, and we've just gone past, obviously, um, for the international breaks. International, I hate international breaks now. Um, one three one made it hard for ourselves. Was it as convincing as the score not suggested in the end? <laughs> but we were, we did, we were. If anyone's going to win that game yesterday, it, it should have been us. So we were technically deserving winners because we were the ones that have been more, I say, aggressive when we attacked. Um, but sort of you, Melvin, because again, Melvin, you're at the you're at the game. You go to every home game. I didn't go yesterday. I didn't I'm go Ill. yesterday. I'm ill. I'm not well oh, at the okay, moment, we so I didn't go. Okay, we still start. Again, with the news about uh, or the rumours about part, not nothing confirmed until three like, thirty yesterday afternoon. What was your thoughts with that information about uh, going into this game? Did you think that was a that could be a benefit to us or against us? Basically, going into that. Well, it's a bit strange because uh, I would never have thought a year ago that party not playing meant that Gabriel would play two different positions but that's what obviously might have been might have been might have happened I mean at the moment Gabriel for me is so important for us with Saliba they've got a great understanding the best partnership we've had at centre-half for about 10-15 years so to split that up was mind-boggling so to get him back to get the got the boys back together again is great and party well Whenever it's a shock that he's injured, it's not actually a shock, is it? It's it's a shrug of the shoulders, and uh, all you want to know is how long is he out? Here is he out for? And it's a training incident. I mean, why do we do these things? So I suppose you've got to go in hard in training, but it's got to be. Oh, it drives you mad, doesn't it? But when I saw the team, when I saw the team, I thought, you know what? Great. I, I was very happy with the team. There was no one there. I thought, you know what? I don't want to see this person. We haven't got any what I would call real passengers. And when I looked on the bench, I thought I'd swap the bench for the first team as well. It was that good, the bench, which I haven't said for years. So, no, all in all, the lineup I was very happy with. Party or no party. I mean, when you compare it to uh, Maguire and Evans on May United's benches, yeah, I think any bench would look strong when he had them two on the, on the opposition side. <laughs> but I get, I get your point. Well, our bench is so. We've got options, so we don't have to rely on 11 to get the job done. And the players like Fabio Vieira now coming into his own boat looks of it. Now he's had that year to bed in. What have we got there? I mean, but again, we're stuck in. Sam, what about your thoughts on all that? Same question to you about Partey before we get into the game itself. Partey and then the same night came out. Yeah, it's, um, I agree with, with a lot of what, what Melvin said there. Um, it, my thoughts so far this season is, you know, what, what are you doing? Why are you changing something that's been working so well 
you know, why, 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 you know, change something now that, 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 you know, I, I, he's probably looked at Zinchenko being injured and thinking, oh, maybe I can do something a bit differently. Um, but again, it's just, he didn't need to do it. You know, we had a Kieran Tierney. That's a strange one for me. Um, just want to mention that uh, him, him not being part of our plans at all. I must, I just, I can't get my head around that because he, He's a good player. He can give us quite a lot. Not quite the same as what Zinchenko does, obviously. But you know, when you're thinking, okay, when Zinchenko's injured, you could bring in a player who can give us both something going forward and who's stable in in defence. That's Kieran Tierney instead of using a Tommy Asu out of position or using a Kivior out of position. For me, it's a no-brainer. You go to Kieran Tierney, but God knows what he's done or what's happened there. What I, I just don't know the thinking behind. Why Kieran is not part of his plans, but he's not anyway. He's going and he's gone to Real Sociedad on loan. He'll probably go on a on a full transfer somewhere um, after the season. But yes, yeah, a bit of a tragic situation. And and in part, but for me, seeing Party out the side, <laughs> I know it sounds a bit brutal, but it was a, it was a blessing in disguise because it meant we had to go back to our back four as it should be, and we put Rice in what I believe is his best position. The deep that deep lying six role, he's fantastic yeah. in that role, um, and it, it meant that we could we could play a lot more along the lines of what we're used to. And if if that if Partey had had been able to play, I don't think we would have seen that. I think he would have gone with the same lineup as the previous games. Um, even though Zinchenko would have played out left, he would have probably gone with Partey out right, and we wouldn't have had that same stability. We wouldn't have had that same you know, um, ability to control the game as we did for a lot of the game yesterday. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll say it was actually pretty, pretty much a blessing in disguise that Partey wasn't available. I mean, again, considering the goals, I would get into that later as well. But for me, we just, the defence as a whole yesterday looked more settled because it's, the, again, they, they know each other. It's not like it's just, it's... it's Square pegs and round holes with Partey being at right back. It's players in their normal positions they've become accustomed to. The bond they've all built as well as the foursome. And it's just, it just seemed more solid. And with that, a more calm part again, barring that one goal, that one opportunity they had in the first half. Um, and with that, the rest, of the rest of the team looked more settled, more balanced going forward as well. They weren't having to stress about if they get overcommitted, do we have a bad plan that we can rely on? Or in terms of the right side of the defence and that uh, where Ben was playing where Ben White was playing yesterday, because he's naturally he does that week in, week out in terms of down the wing with Sack and all that. Is that is with party would be is he there? Can he get back? Can he do that part? Can he get forward? Can he intercept the because of the inverted side of things as well? Is it as I say it seemed a lot more calm. I wanted to say during the watch song, was that nil nil? But I said, I went, actually, no. And I said this, I'm not going to say nothing until half time because if I say anything, it's going to jinx. And then, lo and behold, one little moment. And in the hours, I was like, really? But yeah, as I say, the game, so the game kicks off. We are straight from off, you could tell United weren't coming for the win. They just didn't have it. It wasn't the United of years gone by in terms of Arsenal May United game. Usually it's end to end, toe to toe, attack versus attack. Who's going to score more goals, basically, win this game? They just sat back and it was just trying to get us on the counter. And you could tell that they didn't have, 
It's just like ping it to Rashford and hope for the best. Ping it to Rashford and hope for the best every time. Because Anthony was having no joys. Then Shenko had, you know, he's had him for dinner basically. On his, it was a beautiful to see. And every time Anthony tried any of his dark arts, BS, Sinchenko and Gabriel teamed up and went, no, we're not having this, go away. So it's like, ping it to Rashford, ping it to Rashford, ping it to Rashford on the, on the counter. And it was just, as I say, it's, it's, it was so weird watching the National United game where it was just that, that set from one of the opposition to one of the teams. But we asserted our dominance. We're, we're creating chances. Kai Havertz gets the first real chance of the game. And he doesn't go. It's, it's sod sort of the moment. It's not gone. It didn't go his way. A more confident player in general would have already took the chance. But again, confidence-wise, it's... I said this on a uh, Twitter space last night, and here was his Twitter space. We, we people need to all these people with agendas against Kai from coming from Chelsea and what have you. This guy spent three, four years at Chelsea, where it's a, a club that doesn't play to his strengths, doesn't play the style of play style of football he's accustomed, accustomed to from by Leverkusen and Germany, respectively. He's been berated week in, week out. He's got a chance of winning gold for this club, and the fan base have berated him week in, week out. So his confidence must be on the floor as it is. But then to come to a new club, thinking of first start, this, da, 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 and have have parts of the fan base on his back already, that's not getting his confidence any better. And they wonder why then he missed that opportunity. But then he, they're jumping him for that. I mean, Melvin, what, how, how did you react when you saw that chance from Kai Abson? He felt like he was through the limit here. But he just didn't connect. Who's more confident? you think he scores that? I forget who it was. It could have been any footballer, but yeah. I had to have a double take because I reckon a goalkeeper would have scored that in the opposing penalty area. It wasn't just a bit unlucky. He was under pressure. You've got to say it as it is. That was horrendous. It mm. was a thing you see on YouTube in a lower league. What happened next? It's one of those things, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and what I didn't understand either, it was a great bit of a defensiveness by Martinez. I thought, oh my God, what's happened there? And then it ran onto Eddie and he never got the ball. I thought, well, how can he not score? Then I realised Martinez got his foot in very quickly and mm. took it away from him. But no, that was just, I won't say inexcusable, but it was, there was no, it was the, the ball set up for him. He set it up for himself. He had, though he was a, 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 what, a few yards out from goal, there was no one around him. He wasn't being pushed or shoved or it was down to him. And I don't know what it is. Is it confidence? I suppose it must be. It, it, it was so sad that two of his main touches yesterday, one led to him missing that goal. And the other, though it was 10 seconds later, led us to letting in the goal that we conceded. He was the, That pass was a, a lazy pass, if you like. It happens to lots of players, but it's happening to him. And that's the problem. And I'm sure he will go over this. I personally think perhaps the best way through it is not play through it, not 90 minutes, because it might get worse and worse. Mm. I would bring him on 30 minutes to go at half-time, slowly introduce him into the team, because it's going to take weeks. He's not going to do it in one game. It's going to take him weeks to learn the system and to learn to play with the, the new guys around him. So we've been planning, you know, starting with him. And that's not right. No. You know, bring him on when the game's right, say either half times or say, or 30 minutes to go. And I think that the pressure won't be on him so much. 
and he, and he can just pick it up from there. But it's sad to see it happen to him. Out of all the players on the pitch, especially the ones wearing an Arsenal shirt, both mm. things have to happen to him. I mean, if it, if it wouldn't be for bad luck at, this, at the moment, he wouldn't have any luck at all, would he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sam, what have you got to say? Well, come on in that as well, because obviously he was watching it with us as well yesterday and watched or it was in the chat, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I watched the game like, in yeah. general. Do you think, like Melvin says, do you think it should, it should be gradually worked in? I've been saying it from the pre-season. I thought, I honestly thought he would have been gradually worked in, not yeah. just thrown in to start straight from the off. And even yeah. at this point, do you think we should go to that go to that tactical half hour, ease him in, and build his confidence that way? Yeah, I, I, I too have been surprised with how much playing time he's got. He's basically played just about well, all of, if not most of the minutes already so far this season. Um, and yeah, I'm surprised he was thrown in as quickly as that when he has to adapt to that position in a new team, you know, that plays differently. Um, I know he was playing that role in pre-season, but still for the new season, you would think that, you know, you'd, you'd sort of bring him in a bit more gradually not just uh, throw him in the deep end, basically. Um, yeah, so I, I do believe Havertz has a lot in him. He has a lot of potential there that needs to be unlocked. It just needs to be brought in uh, gradually and his confidence needs to improve because his confidence is completely shot, as, as we've talked about. And when you sh when your confidence is shot, you're not, you're not going to be able to do anything, are you? You're not going to be passing. You're not going to be shooting well. You're going to be doing loads of mistakes and unfortunately at the moment he's making a few mistakes which are you know very um, um you know important mistakes that, that you know you don't want to see so it's it's going very much against him at the moment unfortunately he had a few he had a few decent passes and a couple of key passes as well yesterday that that people you know didn't didn't really see as well because the negative really does outweigh and take away the you know anything from from the from the positive, mm. but yeah, uh, for me, Havertz he needs to, he needs to have a rest now. I put him on the bench, bring in uh, for me, bring in a Trossard there maybe, or um, maybe an ESR, bring him in and uh, and you know just just give him a bit of a rest now. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was just reading the comments in the chat about you, Sam. So um, <laughs> <laughs> distracting is to say the least. Um, just, yeah. I mean, the guy couldn't catch a break yesterday. As, he meant, as it's been mentioned, uh, the pass that led to their goal, that opportunity itself. And anyway, <laughs> second half comes out, looks like he's won a penalty. I don't know about you guys, or you thought it was a penalty or not, we'll get into that in a sec. But it looks like he's won a penalty. And then Antitay goes over to the screen, goes, and actually, no, I've changed my mind, boom. I mean, when you consider the week before, involving Man United, Man United got a penalty for the exact same sort of contact. We ask for consistency every single week, every single season, every single year. Why are we not getting that still? <laughs> oh, that's right, because it's the same people. <laughs> I mean, but we'll start with something you say on that one. I mean, before we get into the goals and all that from our side of things, like, did you think that was a pen? Or do you think, me. think like they thought he initiated the contact? You're talking about me, uh, my, my opinion. Yes, I'm going to start with you on this one, Sam. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for me, I thought, I thought, I thought it was, I thought technically, yes, it could have been given. If it was given, I wouldn't have said no, absolutely not. It's, it's not a completely 
clear cut, no penalty. But I do think it's weak. It's a weak one because, first of all, the contact is very, very minimal. And second mm. of all, it's Kai Havertz himself that actually makes the contact. That's what they say, yeah. And it just, it just, it, when you look at it, <coughs> when, you, when you do have the benefit of replays, I mean, when you look at the, at the angle of the referee where he's standing and you look at that in full, you know, regular time, full, full motion, it, you can see how he's given the penalty because it really looks like it. So it's understandable. Yeah. But when we have the benefit of VAR and you see those replays again and again and again from different angles, it was very, very weak, very, very minimal. Uh, and I can I can see how it wasn't given because it's it, he, he initiates the contact himself by by the yeah. looks of what it looks yeah. like and then yeah. and then you can't really give the penalty can you so for me that's not one of the that's not one of the decisions I was raving about yesterday there there was a few others that were far worse in my opinion oh yes we'll get into that in a sec especially about me uh, all we've had all day, all, all day yesterday, all day night last night, all morning today, into, into the afternoon, the main night, salty United fans. I love their tears. They taste nice today. They taste nice. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, God. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> for Sam, the, the listeners won't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, people are saying, obviously, there's uh, Luke and uh, Luke saying he died. But I wouldn't say he died per se, but yeah, he t- the contact is initially made by him. He feels the contact and just goes down like any other player would. And we've seen it, like I say, we saw it like the previous week with Rashford the, the previous week. He initiates the contact off the first player's knee. He goes down, different story, whatever. But I wouldn't say he dived. If he had dived, I'd be all for him getting booked because obviously that's meant to be the rules. If you dive, if you've deliberately dived, you're meant to be booked. So if that had been the case, you can't argue being booked then, that, in that sense. But the fact that they didn't book him, even they they think he didn't die. He just he made the contact that made him go down by his training uh, foot in the air. Um, but Melvin, were you on the same were you in the same mindset? Or no? Yeah, when I saw it when I, when I saw it the first time round, I thought it was a penalty. But when you saw it um, again, slow motion, it wasn't a penalty. But taking that out, I'm not talking about this penalty necessarily. Mm. But they did mention this. They said it was minimal contact, so therefore it wasn't a penalty. I agree it wasn't a penalty, right? Mm. But they say minimal contact, it wasn't a penalty. But you hear other commentators, or the same commentators, with a different badge on the front of the shirt that might go, it's contact, though. I've heard both sides of the story for the same thing. And we've got to decide whether contact means it's a foul Minimal contact means it's a foul. Or does the contact actually bring the person down? If the contact, and it's meant, brings the person down, fair enough. If the contact doesn't bring the person down, it's not a penalty. I don't care what team you play for. And Mm. you get these commentators, forward slash experts, close brackets, who aren't experts in my opinion, Mm. that goes, uh, well, you know, as I say, I'm repeating myself, I'm going to say again, Oh, it's minimal contact, so it's not really a penalty. The same guy, the following week, will go, all right, it wasn't a lot of contact, but it was contact. It's got to be a penalty. And you can't have, number one, the referees aren't even consistent. We saw it against Palace. They're not even consistent in the same match, the referee. The same referee is not even consistent with himself. That's bad enough. And you see, it's just the whole time that you can't expect, the whole football world is not consistent. 
obviously fans are not consistent we're as biased as you like and we've always got to admit yeah. that we've got to be truthful we are biased every football fan's biased otherwise you wouldn't support a team you may not be as biased as the next guy but there's an element of bias well, in what you yeah. think right but commentators have got are so inconsistent referees rigors everything a whole game is inconsistent and i yeah. don't know where to start yeah, well, let's go back to the first half thing because I mentioned before by Stan there was there's, there were worse refereeing incidents in that game that were farcical and how they were dealt with. So we so we'll start with the, for me the main one for me in the first half, which was Eddie and, Eddie and Kitter getting booted in, basically booted in the head by uh, Lindelof and, and Lindelof just got a booking. That was it, and I'm sitting there and thinking it's not like, <coughs> again he watched the footage back as well. It's not like oh you. It was up up in the air, he, he, and then he didn't. There's no contact made. You actually watch it in the slow way they show you on Sky yesterday. You actually see the mark it's left on his head and his hair as well from the contact. And Gary said, like yesterday during the game, when he saw it himself, you mean about 40 seconds later, if Eddie, if it, what does Eddie have to overreact? In terms of how do the Rivaldo holding his face, rolling on the floor, acting like he's been snipered, for VAR to get involved or the referee to do what he's meant to do and send the player off? Because again, we've what was I'm trying to think now? A few couples, not last season, the season, was it the lockdown season? Carl, in, in one game, it was happening in one game, Carl Walker booted our play in the head for Man City Arsenal, booted our play on the head, nothing happened. Our, our boot was high for clearing the ball. They got a penalty. And the player, I think the player got sent off, I believe. I can't remember if it was David Louise or something. I don't know. But this one was so clear and obvious. And it was a t again, with the tech that they have, why was it Why was it not... Why did VAR not deem themselves to get involved and say, um, Anthony... You've made a mistake here. This is what that's happened. You might because you're so far back. Can I say you're far back? You might not have seen the contact, but this is what's happened. Go over to the screen and I'll show you. You need to send. You need to send the guy off. I mean, am I wrong in that, Sam? Am I just being biased there and saying because it's an Arsenal player, or um, as you mentioned before, you're referring to before in terms of an absolute disaster from the referee? Because the referee for both teams, by the way, had kindness. It being a, it being a, I would, to be brutally honest, I would say it's, it's, it's a yellow card. I don't really think it's a red card because it's not, it's not, for me, it's not dangerous because he's, he's, he's actually going for the ball and Saka's, he's, you know, he's bowing down as well to go for the ball as well. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, he's makes, makes that contact, you know, it, it means he doesn't have to lift his leg as high as what you would say is like trying to trying to be dangerous. So for me, it was, even though it should have definitely been reviewed and definitely should definitely have been carded and they should definitely have done something about it. I'm not quite on board with it being a red card, to be honest. But yeah, it's another situation that should have been reviewed that wasn't, you know, and we had, there were several of those, weren't there, yesterday? Hmm. I mean, Melvin, what about yourself on that side of things with the Eddie's? Again, Sam, yeah. someone might see that same situation. I agree, he did bail down, but someone might turn around and go, that was a reckless challenge, red card. I've seen that yeah. before. 
for me that's a, for me that's a stretch but that's just my opinion but, no, it's a stretch, but certain people might do it. i'm not saying i agree mm. but certain people might say that yeah. also you asked ryan the question mm. about um should players make more of it i mean oh players i know a lot of them cheat anyway from all clubs but you're encouraging players to cheat mm. and think well, what I'll do, I'll ro- if, if Eddie, and he's not a like that, if Eddie would have rolled around on the ground holding his face mm. and the ref would have gone to VAR and seen it, he would have definitely sent him off. I'm not saying he should have been sent off, but he would have definitely got a red card. I think it's so wrong that players roll around when they're not injured. But it's a bit of encouragement. I'm sure managers must go, you know what, especially the lower in the league teams, the forests of this world. We've got nothing out of these refs. Why is that? You're being too honest. And mm. I don't want to see cheats. You can understand why certain teams do it when the other teams get away with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, in terms of refereeing in general, I've been saying for God knows how long, I think we need a, we need a complete clear out. The same, it's the same phases every year. They're making the same, similar mistakes or what we saw the other week with... Um, Mike Dean in his interview with uh, Simon Jordan saying there was a game I was, I was on VAR last year and I was basically uh, I knew he had to be sent over to, the, sent over to the, uh, the screen to send a certain player off and he said this is now a goal but I didn't want to undermine him and embarrass him and now because he's put that out in the public domain even though he's tried backtracking since he's been ruled out by Howard Webb um, there's going to be in the back of fans, not just the fans, but the players' minds. I'm thinking, well, hang on. If something got if something like not just like that, but in, for a penalty, and they on in the season for Sheffield United or Luton that are trying to survive to stay in the Premier League, they might not. They might play in Man City, for example. Penalty, a clear cut penalty might be uh, for everyone to see. We like saw in them on Saturday in terms of Man City score a goal. Shouldn't be allowed because certain players are offside, interfering play, da 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 da, but it's allowed. And um, there's going to be a bit of, and VR didn't get involved in that. And the lower clubs are going to think, like you say, well, hang on, what have we actually got to do to get anything in this game? We actually got a play act now to to get anything. Have we actually got to have a kick off? <coughs> Again, with all due respect to Howard Webb, since he's coming, yes, he does his apologies. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Hold my hand up, there's this, uh, that. but it's getting boring now because it's a repetitive, it's a repetitive thing of the same people taking the same mistakes. And one of them people that made the mistake was forced, well, Bob, obviously, with all what of last year was um, a whole week of beratement, was forcibly let go. You've now brought back after basically saying you weren't good enough to referee the end of the season or whatever. You've then brought him back now. He's now you're making him train next, which is completely contradicting why you let him go in the first place. All these and apologies, it, Ryan. Sorry, all these apologies from from Howard Webb and all that. They shouldn't be allowed. No, I mean it's because I'll tell you something. Because it, it's like a footballer siding down a forward in the box, and he's mm. about to give a penalty. Go, ref, can I apologise? Mm. So don't count. It's it's wrong. Yeah. Apologies. Oh, we learn by I love it with all these institutions as well. Yeah. They, you know, that for years and years go on, mm. all of a sudden it comes to light, something happens, and they go, the standard is we'll learn by our mistakes. You've been in the job 40 years, all of you. You shouldn't <laughs> have to learn by your mistakes. You should know in the first place. 
common sense. Yeah. It's the same as I mean, Howard with all these bloody apologies. Don't apologise. Get it right. What's the apology letters to these when they do these apology letters to these respective clubs and think that when they when it's so major, so major, they have to do it publicly? What's what's that going to do for the club? That doesn't that doesn't get their points back. It's the only thing they can do, isn't it? That's the thing. It's the only thing they can do because unless it gets unless it gets completely rehauled and someone someone has to make a decision from the highest level and say, right, that's it. We have to do something different about this. We have to do it differently. Until that happens, that's the best they can do. The best they can do is that apology letter, and I agree with 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 Melvin. It's it's, it's a disgrace. It's a bloody disgrace. It's the whole summer as well, Sam. Now it's it's bloody. Uh, what's, what, I'm trying to think of that. It's um, it's it's um, what's it called? The word I'm trying to think of. Um, it's um, oh, I'm trying to think. Sorry, I've, when I think of the word, I'll say it. But it's 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 a it's so it's so. Absolutely disgusting, you know that that that. Oh, write a letter, and that's all oh, that. That'll make it better. No, no, <laughs> condescending. <laughs> Not condescending. It's the word. Um, what's it called? Oh, bloody hell! So, my brain just got completely uh, numb there for a minute. Um, it's when you. It's when you. It's when you. You're you you're trying to make a fool of someone. Um. Something with P. Condescending. No, not with P. Not something with P. Uh, per, per per pro. Well, I can't f- fucking forget right now. Fucking hell. Because it's not condescending. It's um. Ah, yeah. oh, bloody heck. But it's just it's just a porn basically. It's a bit of porn basically. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's something with P. It's um pro. pro, 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 pro. When you like, um, you know, you're having someone on, basically, you know, it's like you're. Uh, over the lights. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll think of the word in a minute. That's, That's it. Amazing. Well done, well done, Russ. <laughs> Russ, old mucker, comes. Patronising. Well done. Yeah. Patronising. That is so patronising. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Russ. So um, yeah, that is a hit the point now as well because. And the thing, for me, the thing for me as well now is that this is the, this summer just gone was the first summer of Herbert being in charge properly for his first summer. So he's had a whole summer to sort of work out, if you will, about the current copy inherited, who's going to have to stay on for a bit longer and who's, who should be getting rid of straight away. He hasn't, he hasn't got rid of no one. He's kept on all of them. I think he's brought, them, brought through one new official. The, the um the first guy I've got to say this correctly, the first guy of colour in fifteen years. So it's, it's again it's, he's a fourth official. He's not even on the actual in the referee side of things on the in the middle of it all. Um, but it's just you're not bringing no new. You, you could have three or four new phases in, young blood, and bit and just train them up and with your, with your new rules. And go and get go from the get go, and we've mentioned this about VAR as well. We can't. This whole it has to be a referee in the VAR room, and a and a assistant has to be a referee as well. That's got to go out the window because then it needs to be. In, in, like in rugby, I always refer back to rugby, but in rugby, the person in the VAR room in rugby isn't a referee; he's just a normal everyday human being. That's been trained up. He's trained on the rules, trained on the tech, knows everything, and obviously he'll give his opinion. But at the end of the day, 
you'll say, da, 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 da. but it's up to you. This is the information I've got for you, but it's up to you. What do you want to do to the ref? And then ref on and the on-field ref has the final decision, but it's always that. And also with rugby, it's only the video reference only using rugby on the site of the on-field referee if he thinks he's missed something or if he's not sure about a penalty or red card, he'll go to the video ref and say, I'm not sure about something. Can you check this for me? Show me all the angles on the big screen and we'll talk through it and everyone can hear us talk through it. Da, 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 da. And that's it. Yeah. The, th the thing is, Ryan, you're, you're correct, but rugby and football are two sports and that's where the similarities end. Mm. You don't have people rolling around in rugby. You don't have... I know there was a case with blood on a handkerchief once or something, wasn't there, when they come off... Ten years ago, park. so, yeah. 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 You don't, on a, on a daily match, a daily basis, minutely basis, players cheating in rugby. Mm. You don't have them putting their hands up when the ball goes out. It's their ball. It's, it's non-stop cheating. Football. Yeah. It's to gain an advantage. They, even the commentators now don't call it cheating. They call it clever. They call it, I don't call it clever. I call it cheating. Even now, every footballer does it who takes a corner. They take the ball to the empty degree outside the present. I mean, is that going to make that much difference? They might as well start shaving the toe off their football boot to make it different as well. Is that, that will make the same amount of difference. What Wait, is the point? But they're looking for an advantage, a mental one or a physical one. Just play the game. Let the better side win. Let luck win sometimes. You've got to be lucky. You've got to be unlucky. Let's, you know, we've got to accept that because life's about luck as well to a certain degree. Don't keep cheating. How many times the ball goes for a throw? Both players put their hands up. I mean, they, they can't be that blind both of them and they're, they're professional footballers their eyesight can't be that bad not when they pick up their wages surely not they've got the right amount on their check you know what i mean so I, I just it just drives me mad it really does there was probably cheating going on years ago right when i started watching but it was big but, but they were real tough men in, in the, on a football field years ago and if you were one of those players that rolled around you did get a kick before mm. you started rolling around properly if you started all that business it was a different game. Again, it's gone out of our society. Respect. There's no respect in football anymore. I mean, look what's yeah. happening with the transfer market. Going from transfer, what's going on off the pitch to what's going on on the pitch. You've got this, um, sorry to draw away from the match. We must talk about the match. But let's talk about the um, the fair play rules, right? There, how can Chelsea spend 13, in 13 months, spend nearly a billion quid and it doesn't touch the sides of the fair play, right? I know they might have restructured it. If they'd restructured it, then it ain't fit for purpose, the fair play rule. Yeah. It should be It should be quite simple. You've spent you've spent 80 million on that geezer. I don't care when you actually put the money in the bank, but it's your property, so therefore you must have paid for him. Or you've got that you're you're liable for him. Therefore, it goes in this year's figures. Not spread over 48 years, and he stops playing when he's 60. You know, something like that. So it's all a mess. It's all it's all nonsense. It really is. But let's get back to the good points. I'm getting a bit deeper. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. No problems. Obviously, got the coldest ass just popped into the chat. Big up myself. He's a Man United fan. He says here, uh, Arsenal one fair and square. Don't get why certain Man United fans are blaming VAR. We lost because we're poor. 
the results prove it. Arsenal take their charges, we didn't. It's not just in this game. May, may not first four games have been poor, but in this particular game, yeah. And saying an offside is not an offside when they've put the line. They've actually put the lines in this time. Come on, just because Ten Hag doesn't want to admit defeat doesn't mean you have to be nobody themselves. Even though you are Man United fans, most most of them for cold assassin as it comes at me. Um, but yeah, going back, obviously go go back to the game. If we go one nil down, we're all thinking, oh God's sake, because it's their first attack as well, and it wasn't cut out wait from Ben White or I think it's Sleeve or Gabriel next to Ben. Neither of them try to really try to cut it out. Ramsey gets fingertips to it, doesn't get enough to push it onto the person out. Uh, again, I'm going to go at Ramsdale just to w- what happened, basically. And we're all thinking, oh, for God's sake, here we go. Fantastic. Straight from the kickoff. Between the ball going in the net, the kickoff, and then going again. 45 seconds. I mean, what a, what a response that was. The, the crowd went from being, what the hell's going on, to absolute ecstasy. Back in their game. <laughs> in the game, then, Kai Havertz, we mentioned it before about Kai. About Kai and all that, he he had a, he made the pass to Martinelli. It made and obviously he had the assist himself. Mm. So Kai had an involvement in the goal itself. So people might want to admit that the ones yeah. who have agendas, but he did have any say in that. Um, yes, key pass. But the goal itself was a fantastic goal. And what a way to respond so so quickly afterwards. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it was your man that you recommended this on this channel six months before he came here, Martin Erdogan. Yes, <laughs> Erdogan, my, my boy from uh, the town I lived in for many years in Norway. Yep, absolutely incredible to see him at Arsenal Football Club as our captain. He's coming good. But yeah, no, it was a great, a great bounce back, wasn't it? And um, that was a mentality we showed that we've, That's the, I think that's an area we've really <clears throat> improved last couple of seasons now is we just don't give up you know we keep going we keep going we keep going it's a very strong very good mentality and we so we bounced straight back and then even at the end you know even even at the end of the game we just kept going and kept going to get those that extra goal and and to, to win the game like we did great mentality really well done and yeah it's a nicely it's a nicely t- taken goal like you say a, nice, a decent pass from Havertz Martinelli did probably the best best thing he did the whole game to be honest um that nice cross pass there straight into the path of uh of Erdogan who took it first time st- struck it sweetly down into the corner past um banana but yeah it's a good goal great to come back that's, that's the best when you come back straight away like that on the next attack it just shuts it shuts the opponents up straight up and it gives you the advantage again uh psychologically and mentally it gives you the advantage again straight away so yeah, it was, it was really good. No, it was. And the Melbourne, I mean, Melbourne, what was, how, was you, how did you react? Because one minute, literally, like, not a minute, like 45 seconds prior, the ball's in our net, we're 1 0 down. You're probably thinking the worst, like most of us. And then, let's say, 45 seconds later, we're putting the ball back in their net as our captain, leading by example, putting us back in the game. And again, with Martin Odegaard, I was just sort of touch on this as well. I think I feel like he's, we've, we've got, we got a glimpse of how good he was last season. I think that's just a taste. I think this, what we're seeing so far, you know, that is a four games for us so far, but I think he's, I think he's, he's growing even, even better, not just as a captain, but as a player, he's kicking on even further. He's not just standing still, if you, if you will. And he, he, he's getting better. He's leading by example as a captain and the rest of the, rest of the team are feeding off that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, when that goal went in, my first thoughts were, oh, no. And then second or two later, I thought, this reminds me of last season. We won last season. Mm. So why can't we do it again? And then I didn't think we hit back so quickly. It was a beautiful move. A little back flick from Martinelli was fantastic. Mm. And not nice also when he pushed it to Odegaard. I mean, when he hits it sweetly, there's no better, you know, finisher for us. And Odegaard, he does miss kick a few, though. But when he hits it sweetly, right in the corner. He loves that one right in the corner, doesn't he? He yeah. absolutely loves it. And he was taking a lot of responsibility yesterday during that game, Odegaard. He was getting involved all the yeah. time. He, he was, it was lovely to see. I mean, there's very few players. You say he hasn't got into his stride yet. And I, I probably agree that was his best game. But a few of the Arsenal players yesterday, and actually for the first four games, haven't got in their stride yet. They no, really no. haven't. It really no. looks like they they haven't had a preseason. They just like, you know they've met each other for the first time. Some individual performances. I thought, my God, let's get this over and done with. Get the break now. We've got the break for two weeks. Let's get back mm. to basics if we can. Let's improve the players that stay at home and, and start again because there. I'm just a bit disappointed with a couple of players. I've got to be honest with you, and mm. I know that I'll go against the grain. But there's one player who I think has been fantastic for us the last few seasons. Unbelievable. But I think he gets found out when he plays against a certain player. And because he's out of position, though he plays that position very well, he, he's not a natural. And that is Ben White. When he plays against a decent wide man, he gets yeah. found out. And yesterday, Rashford, not only for the goal, but I noticed that five minutes after the goal, United played a ball from right to left, diagonal ball. Rashford took it on his chest, I think, on the touchline. White was not within 20 yards of him. Mm, I mean, yeah. they had one dangerous player, in my opinion, yesterday, United, and that was Rashford. If you're not going to put your player 20 yards for him, it got to be 20, at least 20, you're missing a trick. You're missing a trick. And also, we saw he went got round him a few times, even in the second half. Rashford danced by him on the byline a couple of times in no space. Shouldn't have been able to do that. I'm not, I think Tommy, a player like Tommy, would have stopped that, would have played the byline a bit better. And I think that also, at the end of last season, though all of them played fantastic against Newcastle with that great performance when we won 2-0, there was a chart in the first half, before we got our act together, they were pummeling us down that left-hand side. And White looked a little bit off. I think that it's a, he's done very well, but I think that we've got to play fullbacks as fullbacks now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, White's White's weakness there. He's not really a fullback. You know, he's uh, he does the job well, he, and he and he plays very really well coming forwards. He interacts well with Saka and all that, and that's that's why he's playing there. But um, I agree, he gets he gets found out a lot defensively when he's playing a quick, quick and skillful player. You know, he, which there are a few of now in the Premier League. Let's be honest. You know, it's uh, he can get found out more, and and it was, and I'm just thanking, thanking God again that that, that Partey wasn't playing because if Partey would have been playing, right. Right, we would have been absolutely shredded <laughs> by, by by Rashford. And that's what I said before before the game. I said if we're playing with Partey outright, just you can just forget it because they're going to go to Rashford and they're going to score goals, and they, they, Rashford's going to absolutely shred us down that 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 left hand side of theirs. And uh, even with White, it was a struggle, you know, even though that was our best option we had, really. I mean, I think more... 
could that could you say that him being played, you know, even though he played the entire season last year, right as the right back, being put put being put back for the first three games as a centre back, and having someone else there, he sort of, he, I don't know, he didn't expect it until the last few days or whenever that. Um, yeah, I think he was a bit out of sorts. He was a bit bit cold, a bit cold with it, a bit out of sorts. He wasn't used to it. If he'd been, yeah. he'd been playing the first three games, maybe he would have been a bit more fresh and more on yeah. it. Again, I get, I, I totally get it. And I, I agree because it was, as I say, as I said, it referred to earlier. As soon as they realised they were getting no joy down the left, down the uh, the other side of Anthony against Zenchenko, they just kept pumping it, as, it, as uh, Melvin just mentioned, over and over and over to Rashford every time trying to do us on the counter on that side. And yeah, Ben did look out of sort, but hopefully he's not because he's not going on the international break because again, whatever's gone off with him and Scarf, he's not going to fix me nowadays. That could be a blessing. He's now got two weeks with our tether. Yeah, work that's with true. Because we know part, we now know part is going to be out for like six or seven weeks or whatever. So two of them weeks, he's going to be he's if somebody gets back, he go back from international breaks. Four to five weeks, we've still got no Thomas. So Ben knows unless he's injured, he's playing out there. Um, Gets him that two weeks training and working and get himself back to that focus, basically. Um, but yeah, score, we scored the goal. We looked a bit, from that point. I was asked you guys before going to the second half. From that point, did any of you think that we were going to lose this? Did you think at any point United would actually kick on and come back at us? Because for me, as, as you mentioned already, apart from Rashford, there was no threat. Anthony. I swear to God, he loves spinning on his own. The amount of times in that first half, he had just, it was literally at one point, he was just outside, outside the circle on his own, and he actually spun around. And he did it again. And there was, for no reason, it's, I swear he just, he just loves doing it. And he just, he's, he let, for, what did they spend, what, 100 million pounds did they spend on him? <laughs> I mean, when you consider we bought, we bought Deccan Rice, and Deccan doesn't go, oh, fidget spinner, oh, fidget spinner. Go round and round circles. This guy must be the most expensive fidget spinner in the world, and he doesn't provide any effect for what he's been brought in for. And this is a guy that was uh, recommended by the Man United manager Ten Hag because of obviously they knew each other for my ex, respectively. But that's the worst thing. That must it's got to be the worst decision ever to spend that money on him. But then the Glazers don't care because they don't care about United. Thank God, and they thank God they ain't leaving. That's what I'm saying on that. But yeah, did you guys think that they could they could you know could go into another gear and come at us and come at us and score again and win the game? Or did you no. think like, there's only there's gonna be a winner, it would be only Arsenal winning this game. And then going on Yeah, go on. I was I was I got to a point where I said I was with my son in law watching a game yesterday. I said I'd a bit negative. I said I'd take a draw on the base that we're gonna get suckered here. I've seen it so many times before, especially against Manchester United, because they were making chances, United, second half. I think their chances before we scored the second goal were better than our chances. You think about it, he made a double, no, he made a save Ramsdale and it came out and Ben White blocked it. There had a few other situations where, it, another couple of blocks where the ball was going in, I think Ramsdale might have been beaten. And I was just feeling that, oh dear, I've seen this all before. And we weren't making any headway. I don't think we were building any pressure on United. When the ball was in their half, second half, they had the ball United. They were playing it around. I mean, their goalkeeper is the best midfield 
midfielder I've ever seen. You know, not much of a goalkeeper though, but a good midfielder. Uh, so it was, I wasn't that confident. I don't, I don't think it was to do with, it was a little bit what I was seeing, but a little bit what I've seen before in previous years when teams come to us, don't want to play the game, want to hit us on the break or, or nick a goal or nick a win. And I mm. thought today might be a day where they're going to nick one. So I was, I was very, very nervous up to the time he scored the second goal. In fact, when Rice scored his second goal, I know there's only allegedly, you couldn't tell because it had been, you know, by the time the goal had scored and the cheering and all that business, there might have been three or four minutes left after he scored. I wasn't that confident we'd hold on. I genuinely thought, we've thrown so many stupid goals away, soft goals, especially mm. at home. I thought, please just hold on, hold on, hold on. And then we nicked the third and it was all over, Red Rover. But that's how I feel. I feel very nervous now. We we still haven't, for some reason, got it to, to a degree where we stop the team from playing, the other team. We haven't got to that point yet. We well, need we, to. Was was that, again, was that more, was that, was that concerning? That, again, even when I, you know, I was watching it myself and I'm saying, we're, let, we're, we're letting them play there. In terms of playing out from the back, the way they wanted it to, we're letting them. The amount of times I saw Onana outside the outside the D of his penalty box on the ball, no pressure put in. I'm thinking, why are we not utilising this and going, you know, we'll put the pressure on, force, force an error. Because if you force an error, he makes a mistake. There's an open goal there, boom. And it makes them, again, if you keep doing it, it makes them think twice and revert back and just boot it long and give it back to us. It just baffles me. Not, it goes back to before. We haven't got... In these first four games... We haven't got started properly to the standards we've come accustomed to since last year, especially. We haven't hit the standards, hit them standards yet, but we're getting the results, and that in itself should scare the shit out of our rivals because we're playing crap and we're getting the results. And when I say playing crap, I mean again not to the usual standards. We're being, we're sluggish at the moment. It looks, it doesn't look. As he's mentioned before, I think it was you, Melvin, said before, it doesn't look like we've had a pre-season under us. I'm going to ask you this for that, Sam. When these two came on, was you still worried at their score? <laughs> Maybe. Bloody hell, it was old age pensions FC, wasn't it? I mean, it was... Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, the, no, the thing is, you know, you know, Man United are basically where we were like eight years ago. That's the problem. They're struggling. Yeah. They're struggling with their club, you know, the structure of the club. They're struggling with the people at the top not doing the right things. They haven't got the money really they they should have you know to spend on things you know truly um and they're, they're just looking at all these cheap easy deals to to get to get done like i mean johnny evans just that is just, that is so desperate yeah i mean johnny evans i mean the guy left the club eight years ago yeah <laughs> that's exactly it reminds it reminds like i say it reminds us of us because what do we <laughs> we we brought back old crap players as well didn't we you know we brought back old Blast from the past as well, didn't we? Well, that's what we had to do, and we mm. even brought brought blasts from the past from other teams as well, like Sylvester and all of that. Remember them? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh God! So I mean, this is this is where United are at the moment. They are really at a. I mean, Ten Hag, you know, he's not really maybe the most likable person in the world for various reasons, but you got to give him credit because he's he's making the most out of what is a pretty shit squad, to be honest. I mean. So many of those players are just not anywhere near where they should be. He's brought in some good players. They're just not really giving him what he wants. Um, but he's 
but he's brought in some some uh, that they've had to bring in some crap as well. I, I'm sure he didn't ask for Johnny Evans. I'm pretty sure of that. No, he was after he's after the lad that went to buy Munich in the, I think is a um South Korean defender. Um, yeah, and the so you know, so United are basically they're 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 well behind where they should be. They're struggling a lot. There's a lot going going wrong there at Old Trafford and uh yeah, you know, it's it's great to see, isn't it? Because that's what we we love to see them fall, you know, how the mighty fall. Well, that's what's happened to them. Um, if it wasn't for Ten Hag, they'd probably be like mid mid table. I'll tell you that Ten Hag's uh, done well to get what he what he can out of that team. But yeah, Johnny Evans, Jesus Christ, see him come on, it's like, okay, is that what you got? You know, it's like, is that what you're bringing on? This is what I got. This is going back to earlier when we've we've heard heard about old Benjamin, how weak there was. It's like when was the last time? You could actually say in a May United Arsenal game, either Old Trafford or at the Emirates, Highbury respectively, that one bench outweighed the other so massively in a, in, in the opposition's favour. It was ridiculous. And as you say, when you see having Maguire getting ready to come on, the guy that could, the guy up till yesterday didn't get any minutes yesterday. Up till yesterday, sorry, and then obviously Johnny Evans just signed a one-year contract, and he was he was deemed not good enough under was it good enough for me under Louis Van Gaal, remember, eight years ago, or whenever it was, and now he's been brought back, and he's just like as you say, it's not like these are these are not. I mean, Johnny Evans is not the ten hard player. Let's be brutally honest there, and it, it's a bit sort of comedy when um obviously Vice scores that goal that obviously. That they're trying to claim a foul and fucking if anything, in what was it? Um, Dermot Gallagher today and Ref Watch actually shocked me today. It was favouring Arsenal everything that was asked of him, basically, including this since the Declan Rice goal and saying that if Rice hasn't scored that goal, it doesn't have to be because obviously um, Evans is grabbing Gabriel and throwing him to the floor. It deflect, I think it did deflect, it didn't deflect off Maguire. No, I think Evans, it might have to come off. I think. Yeah, Evans, yeah, isn't it? Well, it's still, it's still fast. Come just as you say, this is this, this, what the United are going through now. And I said this last year when uh, Ted Hogg arrived last, last summer. He's taken over United, he's taken over a United club, not at their pomp, nowhere near the pomp. If anything, they are where we were at, at this time last year, where we were back into the Wenger, just about three or four years before Wenger left. Just getting into that stage, and then and they're, stu- they're stuck in it. They've got owners that don't care that we're going to sell the club. We're going to we're going to bring money in. Da, 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 da. Actually, no, we're not selling. But I'm staying put. And the United fans are going to meltdown. The thing is, the United fans are doing this meltdown. I've got to say this now. We're going to protest. You're paying money to go into the stadium with your green and yellow scarves every year. You want to protest, but you're giving them money to do it. Instead of doing the protest outside, help me make sense of that one. Ryan, the clubs are too big to worry about protests. We know when people so, through, well, yeah, but I agree with you, saying, but when people, when it used to be years ago, when people that didn't come through the gates used to hurt the club for revenue, because that was their main part of revenue, fans had a half a say. They got no say now, not with the Premier League, no say at all. Sorry. Yeah. Well, if you look at old, look at Old Trafford, right? It's it's a long time ago, Old Trafford, and, and unfortunately, it's the same that's happened um, a lot of the the Emirates as well. Maybe not as bad at the Emirates as as Old Trafford, but Old Trafford certainly turned into a tourist attraction, you know, quite a few years ago. 
And even if you say to everyone, stop going to games, you're not going to stop all the tourists going. No. Old Trafford is still going to be 50, 50 to 60,000 people full up with tourists because they'll, the they'll sell all the tickets to tourists. And the same, unfortunately, they'll do it, they'll do it at uh, Emirates as well. If we ever started a protest action again, where we say, you know, don't go to the games, don't go to, you know, don't spend any money don't at the, that, the yeah. stadium, they will sell those tickets gladly to tourists and fill up the Emirates with tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a comment here from Luca in the chat. There's a reason I, I said I was calling Arteta during 1 1 because I didn't know he was going to bring the big guns. Also, he left subs late. Yes, he, he, he did leave the subs late. Me and Gay pulled him on this yesterday during the watch along. Yeah. It was always going to be. Me, the thing is, me and Gary always knew he was going to bring the big guns on. It doesn't matter when we thought he'd give him 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of the second half, and then start making the changes. But we did, we did call him out for not making it for, for delaying it as long as he did. But in the end, because of the because of the added on injury time, it it, it was a bonus actually because obviously one of them subs in Zayshu scored scored the uh, crucial goal that sealed the points for us. So and Fabio, I mean Fabio, I mean <laughs> he's starting to he's starting to warm up a bit now, isn't he? He's starting to get into his stride a bit. It's, yeah, he's starting to show the. What we saw the clips of when we when you came to us basically from Porto and yeah. all that. So it's always going to be the case, sorry, Sam. It's always going to be the case is Fabio needed a year to bed in and get used to the yeah, league. We all knew that. The Portuguese league and our Premier League is completely different physically wise and the demands of it. And is it, I think now we're starting to see, I think maybe we've got something with Kai Havs as well, knowing there's competition with him, Kai and the ESR now. He's, he's, he's bulked up a bit. He's confident as well because obviously pre-season, apart from the after United, the United pre-season game, he's got a winning penalty against Monaco, a winning penalty against Man City, and then last week he comes on against Fulham and changed the game. Completely changed the game. I said it last week. He completely changed the game. Everything went through him. And, was, we've, and what we're seeing with Fabio now, even yesterday, every time he gets the ball, it's forward. It's not backwards, sideways, it's forward. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, the, the part, at, the moment, at the moment, what we're seeing with Fabio, he's coming on off the bench and he's making an impact, which is great. Yeah. That's exactly what we want. I mean, if we can bring on players like that from the bench and make an impact, that's, that's brilliant because you're going to change games. You know, either, you know, we're either going to start winning games where we're drawing or we're going to, you know, we're going to put games to bed, basically, which you want to do, you know, actually just put the game beyond the opponents, which is great. For me, Vieira, uh, Vieira as I said, we've always seen the potential in him, but he's always looked very weak, you know, physically weak, like he's easy to get off the ball, mm. didn't really seem up to premiership physical standards. Yeah. But hopefully now in this off-season and, and during this last year, he's learned a bit from that and, like you say, bogged up a bit and... And, uh, you know, learn how to handle himself as well as, you know, being in the gym, bulked up a bit muscle-wise. So hopefully he'll be a bit better now on, on the ball. Won't be able to just get off the ball so easily. But, but yeah, I mean, it takes a while to, to adapt. And I hope I hope now that he can... He, the, the goal for him is to be able to start a game and do the same, you know, not just come on as an impact sub the last, you know, 20 or so minutes, but actually actually do the same from the start of the game. That's what I want to see him do now, if we can yeah. see him in the, in the in the Champions League, maybe, or, or, in, or in, in the Cup or something like that. We'll uh, we'll have to see. Well, straight after the international break, we've got Everton away. On, it's been moved to Sunday now, because obviously we were paired in Newcastle, so they're 
because they're playing on a Tuesday, the following Tuesday, we're playing on a Wednesday. So our game's been moved forward and everything moved back or whatever. So we're playing on the Sunday against Everton and then playing on the Wednesday night against PSV at home. So again, we'll probably, probably stop one of them. One of them two games, I'd say, you'd think, because of the rotation and all that. But I wouldn't be against it because, as I say, he just seems a completely different player that we wanted to see last year, but obviously physically we couldn't see. But I'm looking, I'm, I'm happy for him because this was, we said this of Urza when we first brought Urza, when he, like the first season was a bit, mm-hmm. we thought we all thought the second season would kick on, he never really did, it was always like, yeah, whatever. But it seems like, touch wood, Fabio is uh, kicking on now and how long may it continue? Because it obviously provides competition for all the all positions he covers along that I just want to say one thing. Um, and that is, I, I, I get annoyed when I see so many people, Arsenal fans, complaining about the lack of depth we have and the lack of cover we have yeah. in the squad. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, OK, we might be a bit light defensively now that, that um, you know, not really sure what's going on with... Uh, you know, with a couple of the guys in defence, really, we might maybe we should have one more there. But apart from that, I mean, you look at our squad, and it's so much better than what it was last season in terms of cover. I mean, you look at look at the last two games. You're bringing you're bringing on off the bench. You're bringing on players like Jesus, ESR, Trossard, Vieira, Jorginho, or Partey would maybe be on the bench as well. Uh, you know, coming yeah, on. Yeah. You 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 know that that is. That's well, well above what we've had in recent seasons. That is good cover. That is good depth. You you know? so I, I won't have it that we don't have good depth because you see those players, that's well ahead of what we had in re- seasons past. And when you think, obviously, don't we've got Tommy Ash, we've got Yako Kiwal. Yeah, we've got them as well, right? You know. So Timber. Got, you've heard Timber. about him. I'm saying Timber, if he's, if he, if he's on the bench, he'll probably be starting. But even if he's on the bench, what a player on the bench. I mean, it's... yeah. There's yeah. so much depth, and that's yeah, just like that. I think that's the one thing that's done us at the end because we didn't have the depth to cover from Saliba, and this certainly ever sort of done us in the end last year. But we it shows again that the club, Arteta, the club in general, take note of what needs to be addressed and they, they address the areas that need addressing. For years, we, we saw players just being brought in for the sake of it, just to make a statement to this. Like, oh, look, fans, look at this shiny new toy years gone by. Whereas now there's a there's a thought process behind it. Or Chimba was a thought process. Declan was a thought process. Yeah, Sorry, David Leia. Sorry, David Leia. Well. And then, again, this whole thing of David Leia because David Leia's coming. He, he got, he's got to be number one at some point. No, he's it's competition. Even I've said since the sun has been made, he wants competition in every area, including goalkeeper because. It's all well and good having a competition. I keep saying this every podcast. People are getting bored of this now, but it's all well and good having a competition on the outfield. If the goalkeeper thinks my number two is not good enough, I'm all, I'm all right, Jack. You're going to see the, the mistakes. We're going to the, the mistakes. Goals going in left, right, and centre. And then because he because he's number two wasn't good enough, he'd be like, I'm, I'm undroppable sort of thing. We saw we saw it more. We saw again. Uh, we're old, if you're old enough, you saw this of Ammonia all them years ago. Once he once he lost Lehman, he just mistake after mistake after mistake. And because Fabianski was too young and not good enough to push him, he knew he, he could get away with it. 
And we, do we really want this down? Do we want to go backwards? No, we want to go forward. So I'm all for David Vea being in, but he is the number two until further. But don't it's unless the worst thing happens to Aaron and he falls off in form and makes individual mistakes that lead to goals and doesn't sort himself yeah. out, then fair enough. But that's yeah. again, that goes back to the depth that we have. The top yeah. top clubs have to have that depth. We saw it last season with Man City. They brought in Ortega. I don't personally rate him, but he's but he was better than the previous number two they had. Yeah. So and it's a, there's a number two they rely on in terms of the cups. Even though it wasn't the FA Cup final itself, he played in the final against Man United. So it's not like he got to the final and got dropped to Edison because I don't think he's good enough. So people just need to on that side of things as well. Every time every time I see a goal conceded, it's like straight on line, drop him, drop him, drop him. It's like behave yourselves. It wasn't his fault. Yes, he got, he got him. He, he just didn't get over quick enough to push it out for, for corner yesterday. Apart from that, look what he did in the second half. But that start of it was one one. Um, I think it was it Rashford. I don't think now it was it had the shot first. Rashford had the shot first, and then Martial first saved it point blank. Rashford followed up, pushed out for a corner. Not, not many goalkeepers can do that, and he was just he was actually one of his best performances. To be fair, no, from what I can remember, no mistakes. He've never done so We've done a fast forward now, second half wise, to the last 10 minutes, well, the eight, around the 80th to 90th minute, basically, when uh, it's, it, it, we're dominating, dominating, creating chances, and out of nowhere, it looks like they've won the game. In the moment itself, in the live moment itself, it looks like they've got, we've, we've committed too much forward, and they're uh, getting that has got plugged through and scored on in goal, and we're all thinking, oh, great, typical. Only for the only for the replays to actually show Gabriel's brilliance, and it was brilliant. When you see the replay, what yeah, he actually when he does that split second, how it, you the switch had to be switched on that much that you literally just stop your whole body. You go, no, don't move, yeah. and you time it perfectly just to get him offside. And obviously, we didn't kick on from that. But uh, I'll go to Melvin on this. Uh, when it before you saw the replays, did you think he was offside? yourself or do you think when I, when, when I saw the goal I thought it was offside but it, what put me off was the Manchester United players going berserk I thought mm. well perhaps nothing's being done and the commentator didn't mention anything to start with and the score going up I thought it must be given I thought to me it seemed offside but then the back of your mind you're worried about the um you don't see the whole pitch so I don't know where where our defenders were the defenders I saw I thought only saw it once. Thought, oh no, he looked easily offside. He wasn't easily offside. But then when I saw it again, I wasn't convinced. I thought, yeah, he, he, this is offside. I hope it looks like it is offside. But you're never sure because they don't do the lines perpendicular, do they? The yeah. angle they seem to do it from next door neighbour's house for some reason, <laughs> and it's it's really off-putting. But no, when. Uh, I thought it might be given offside and I would have been obviously very disappointed if it wasn't. But uh, once it was given, I thought, thank God for that. We, we breathe again. So it would have been horrible to lose that game like that. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, again, Sam, Sam will back me up. I, I literally, I, in the moment, I was just sort of born in that. I think fantastic. So I walked off. You could hear me yeah. in the back. I walked off the, off the camera. I was like, no, I can't believe this. No. Exactly. Have... We are checked and it was just offside. Thanks to Gabriel being absolutely fantastic, yeah, and doing something that you rarely see, and that is being able to 
you know, be switched on like that and just hold his body back as much as possible to try and play him off. And that's exactly what he did. He was offside. So put Gabriel brilliantly there. You've got to give him another feather in his cap there for that. First start as well, yes, for Gabriel. But as I say, it's like to be in that that late in the game, to be that on it, you're literally, you yeah. see he's potentially he's about to run offside. You see he the knows. ball back, you stop yourself from running as you stand still, you come to a standstill yeah. on your tiptoe. Very good. It's, 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 you don't, it's like you don't see normally the defender will make the mistake and commit. He just, as I say, can, the fact that you see it slow mo, how he jolts himself to the sands. I've got to say, as I props to him, Beverly's cap, whatever. Can't, yeah. can't applaud him enough for that for that moment of brilliance. And it's obviously saved us because then we get ourselves collected again, we go again, and then the 105 million pound man steps up from a corner. It's a 95th, 95th minute, and I'm on the stream. I think this is, I literally said, this is 95th minute, 96, now or never. Ball gets whipped in, and I think it was from Saka, I think it was. And the ball just falls to him. He bounces up, up in the air on his chest, and as it comes down, he has the shot. And then when you see it go in, and obviously the keeper makes it better, Onana gets the hand to it, it still goes in, it makes it even better, and then Degnan just off. He's off. Yeah. He's block four, block five, gets mobbed. I'm so thankful, though, that amongst the celebration, because obviously the camera's amongst it as well, Um. His head didn't get smashed off the metal bars of the gate. It was that mm. or something. Be careful, be careful, be careful. I don't need any injuries. Don't if I can hurt himself. Because he's literally yeah. like that far. And I'm like, no, I think he noticed at some point. He's like, Ugh. but mm. that was great, wasn't it? Fantastic. You could see in the moment, and even at the end of the game, how much that goal meant to him now that obviously it settles him now. Because we saw, again, we've seen uh, like Pepe, and I think he's about to leave now to Besiktas. We're getting a bit, we're getting a bit of money for him, a little bit, being the opposite word. Um, we saw how much that price tag weighed heavily on him from the fan base and football fans outside of the fan base. But Declan's just getting on with it. I mean, he's been his performances have been brilliant pre-season and into the season itself. But to get that goal so early on against United as well, and it's upsetting West Ham fans, makes it even better. Well, these West Ham, I had a West Ham fan on here last season before we played them at their at their gaff back in the last season. And he was like, oh, if he goes, we'll be on our blessing. Da, 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 da. And every game plays the Arsenal now, they're all kicking off. Yeah, that's lovely to see. Yeah. <laughs> lovely to see the saltiness from that, that lot. Oh, he's, a, he's a Rolls Royce, isn't he? He's a Rolls Royce of a player. You see how much he makes our team so much more better. You know, for me, I'm, I want to play him in that same role forever you know and just and and part and sorry party just has to sit out and wait i, I wouldn't play party at the same time stefan there's nothing for me to rant about we won a game of football we, are, <laughs> we, are, we were deserving winners i keep saying it we were deserving winners at the two teams i've got nothing to complain about but yeah deck i mean it wasn't the cleanest obviously it did, it did take that deflection it took it away and obviously you know nine against the hand but it still goes it makes it even sweeter I don't care. He sees goal. It gets. It takes that pressure off him. Now he just goes, and he just kicks on. But he's been fantastic. I'm sorry for some of what we spent 105 mil on the most expensive, now most expensive British player in the league. Yeah, no, fantastic player. He's a fantastic goal. goal as well. What a goal to score! 8-2-1 against United. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
No, exactly. And it's, as I say, you saw at the end of the game when they're pumping into the stadium, ice, uh, ice, ice baby, and they put the entire 60,000 fans singing Declan's name and how and how it made him smile. And he's just lapping it up. It's, it was brilliant. And then he's getting, and I was it? I don't know if you guys watched Match of the Day 2 last night. I did. For, I don't know why, but I, I thought I'd watch it just to enjoy a moment a bit long, maybe. I don't know. But he said on BBC Two and he's got his um, interview afterwards. He had all the staff come up to him early in the morning yesterday saying you're going to score today, you're going to score today. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but you know, I'm so happy for him to get that off his He's not a goal scorer, he's not a goal scoring midfielder per se in terms of he's not what we brought him in for. But for him to do it, gets a lot of people off his back early on. So, mm. yeah. And then obviously they... Even though Melvin mentioned earlier that obviously you're still nervous about us conceding, they come at us a little bit, but they nothing. We're just getting to every time they hook, hook the ball in top box, we're literally like Saliba, Gabriel, back off, back off, back off. Hoyland in the obviously Hoyland came on a bit, and Gabriel had him in his pocket for the 20 minutes he was on the pitch for. I'm not seeing nothing from Hoyland personally so far. He's a young lad, so I'm not going to get too carried away yet in terms of saying he's crap, but didn't pull up. Obviously, just to say, Gabriel in his pocket. The reason this is Gabriel's first start of the season. Um, and then, as I say, out of nowhere, Vasha pulls out of a challenge. Saka knocks the ball onto Eddie. Eddie passes on to Fabio. And Fabio, first time, pomp, literally just effortless. It makes it look effortless when he does it. So off to Gabriel's day, Zeus is off. Does that, sends Dalek off to the moon and back. And he's going to pluck, places it past. Oh, no, no, that bottom corner, and he's just off. And that's his, I think that's his first ever goal he's ever scored against United his entire career. Wow, that's amazing. I heard that when he scored it. I thought it can't be. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap things up in a sec, but... Um, because yeah, it has been going on for just over an hour and fifteen minutes, as in we were late. That's on my on my end, my fault as well. But I mean, just before we wrap things up and Sam has to go and all that, before we have to, we all wrap up and go. Um, how, how four games in with ten points out of twelve, not playing the best, as you mentioned. How are you, you know, guys feeling going into the rest of the season after this interna- after this next international break? Well, obviously, Champions League around the corner as well now. We know our fate there. We'll start with uh, Sam as well with that one. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's good. Like you said, it's good to to still get points when you're not playing your best. You know, ten points out of twelve when we haven't really been at our best. Um, it shows, you know, a good team. It shows a team that's going to be battling going going into this season. I think we just need to improve a bit now, get a bit more form going, settle a bit in with our team now. You know, get get a. Settle in with a formation, settle in with a, you know, an a, a 11 or, a, you know, at least, you know, we might have to do some rotation because of the Champions League, but at least, you know, find a, um, you know, a starting 11 that works, you know, without, without using Partey as a right back, you know, make play, make sure players are playing in their correct positions, you know, to give us an optimal, you know, um, performance. Um, that's what I want to see. Uh, I think, uh, I think we will improve. I think we're going to have a strong season. It'll be great to see us in the Champions League again. Can't wait to see that. Um, fantastic to be taking part there again. And uh, yeah, I just, I just think we need to, to, to just step it up a bit, bit now, and and hopefully we will. If Arteta 
keeps to this same back four now as as we saw in this this game. If he starts to mess around again, then I'm not going to be happy. It's going to and it's going to go against us. It's, we're not going to do well if he's going to keep messing around with the with the formation and the back line. We we need to the, the back line needs to be settled. It needs to be uh, a unit that works yeah. together. So I ho- hopefully we'll see that going forwards. Well, maybe with party being out for six or seven weeks would be a blessing in long term as well. Yeah, Could and they be. settle in. They settle in, and then he can't really go back from that because it would be stupid right. to go back from something that's settled in and works. Yeah, exactly. Especially if we're getting results and we're looking comfortable with fluid and back to yeah. our best, well, performance wise. What about yourself, Melvin? As well, going forward. Going forward, I hope we improve. We've got to improve because let's face it: every game we've played has been on fine margins. We can't go through a whole season playing fine margins because it's going mm. to bite us on the bum and we can't afford that to happen when you've got Man City um, the way they they uh, accumulate points yeah so we just cannot do it we've got to we've got to find a way to get back to last season's uh, performance that level and do it quickly because there's no prisoners taken now in the premiership anymore as I say especially with Man City and Liverpool looking good as well you can take Chelsea out of the equation, obviously. Do we have to? <laughs> well, but there's other, t- but there's a lot of teams now that uh, you've got to be at your best to get the three points, and we can't afford these fine margins anymore. I'll leave it as that. No, exactly. it's like it's mentioned people like Punter and Punter mentioned it as well before we go. In terms of how we've started this season compared to last year, last year we went bang and we kicked on for the first half of the season. We were, we were the, we were basically on it. We were the best team in the country, up and down the country. Um, it's like back into the season we felt we sort of wavered off, and it was affected the results. Whereas this season we're starting off wavering, but we're getting results. And as I keep saying, the fact that we're getting results and we're not our best yet, that should scare the life out of our rivals. Because if we get, once we kick, get kick in, we might be unbearable to play. Like, compete against and that could benefit us long term touchwood. Um we have got an apology from Stefan to to Melvin by the way about the about the uh, <laughs> where the chat been going tonight. <laughs> this the chat has been very, very crazy tonight. It's been very crazy. Oh dear. But thought he's get that in there, let Stefan give his apology and all that. Um but yeah. Is the international break there? We are going to go. I, uh, Angel, will be back tomorrow for her podcast with the guys touching on her, getting their thoughts on today, uh, yesterday's game, uh, the upcoming game for the women as well for the Champions League playoff game on Wednesday, which I'll be covering here on the channel. Um, so yeah, that'll be around 30 tomorrow night. Keep an eye out for that. The audio for this is going up very soon. So keep if you have missed this most, this one and listen to it, are back on the go. You can on Spotify and all the other audio platforms as well in the next half hour, so I say. Um, and Chris has been cut the shot back to normality, basically, while I'm saying that. Jesus Christ, it's Chris. I know you're a Liverpool fan, but I thought, mind you, you're doing well this season. Why are you being so. I'm so thankful the listeners don't get to see some of these comments or hear about them. <laughs> yeah, you're all right if you're on Spotify, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, guys, as I say, we'll see you tomorrow and Wednesday. As always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you guys. Come on, you guys. Let's go. Let's go.